0: Forever Canon, the podcast where we talk about the entirety of Book 5, Legacy of the Force, Sacrifice, written by Karen Travis, and a hell of a gem, if I do say so myself. I'm Justin. And I'm Tim. And this week, we're going to talk about all of Book 5.
1: Yeah, it's a review episode, man.
0: This is a review episode. Yeah. Usually, our most popular episodes. Yeah. Clearly, people don't want to read along week to week. Except for the 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 chosen, the chosen ones who stick with it chapter by chapter, but our review episodes are by far the most popular. And
1: I, you know what? I think we get we get enough content in our review episodes.
0: You're goddamn
1: right. That it man. it like it does sum up the book like as a review episode
0: should. It is kind of nice to have like an hour and a half summation of an entire book yeah and you know that's kind of actually been my methodical practice approach to the to the podcast where i want the the breakdown the the minute breakdown of the chat of the four chapters every week Mm -hmm. where you really do dig into details but then i do want to have the overarching just quick summary of the entire thing because what if you know later down the line. You come back to it, and you just want to run through each book one at a time, one hour, one hour, one hour, hour and yeah. a half, what have you. Instead of going chapter by chapter, if you're not reading along, if you're just catching up to whatever point you're jumping into the book series, you've got a nice little capsule of each book.
1: Yeah, you get enough information. We and because in the review episodes, we hit, we do, we hit the highlights. Yeah. We hit the like the, the, the low big lights. moments. <laughs> yes, the low lights. The on lights. And if we. Is it the halogen? I don't know. Oh, oh. <laughs> but, the LEDs. Oh, that's that's the ABCs. not the We're we're getting into LCDs. We skip over the things that <laughs> that are that are boring. Not wow,
0: that's a there really- are
1: parts that are boring.
0: <laughs> I don't honestly actually. I don't know if I agree with that. Okay, let's tell me. Tell me what, how about, I'll let you sit on that and then come back to me near the end of the episode with what parts were boring of this book. Before we get into the hot characters at the end, think about what parts were boring and prepare to fucking defend yourself. Can can I, can I, hold on. (laughs) No, because first, bum, bum, bum. Can
1: I change it from not, from, from boring to not important? Yes. Okay.
0: Well, that changes everything. It does change everything. Argument over. <laughs> <laughs> Agree. Okay. Some parts are not as important as others.
1: Yeah, they're just I for for me some parts seem to be kind of filler rather than something that is really story driven.
0: All right. But first bum, bum, bum. previously, on Forever Cannon, three and a half minutes into the episode, we finished book five. And If you want to go back two episodes ago, things ended a lot differently than they were ending in that episode. Yes. Uh, Jason didn't get shot in the face and sad, sad, bad, bad, sad, bad, sad. Oh,
1: so sad and so bad.
0: And now we're here. That was last week. Now we're here. And this is this week where we're going to start our sacrifice review with The overarching story of what's happening in the galaxy at large. Yes. Not the specifics of our heroes and their exploits, but what's been happening everywhere else in the galaxy, generally speaking. So we start off right after the disastrous GA strike against the Confederation at Glittertown 8. (laughs) You may remember everybody showed up there at the very end of the book. And Jason abandoned everybody to die. Yep. Glittertown, bitches.
1: Alema slams the ship
0: into the ceiling. It's Brittany. I don't know. Okay, that's what's up. More systems are seceding to the Confederation, and many more than that are taking the excuse to open up old wounds and reignite feuds between neighboring worlds. As the GA's fleets are spread increasingly thin, Jason solo, with the help of his lawyer droid begins changing laws and positioning himself for action.
1: so slick. Smooth. That was <laughs> so slick. Ge- so smart. A
0: simple genius level move. Yeah. And after intercepting Chief of State Cal Omas's clandestine deal with Confederation leader Der Gedgen, Jason takes that action. Gedgen is assassinated, Omas is incarcerated, and Jason and Nyeth all become joint leaders of the Galactic Alliance, leaving the Confederation scrambling for a new leader and new direction. All the while, the Mandalorians have some new tech that could tip the balance of the conflict. Sound about right? Yeah, that's about right. I think I hit all the hot points there. Uh, All the really
1: good, hot story.
0: Not a whole lot developed throughout the galaxy. No. Um, We go from the Confederation having the upper hand after the GA kind of embarrasses themselves in the minefield that was Glittertown 8. To the you, confederation leader gets assassinated, the leader of the GA gets deposed, and Jason Solo is now joint ruler of the galaxy. You've been <laughs>
1: calling it Glittertown Eight. I cannot
0: <laughs> remember what the name of the place is. I but... don't want to tell you, but I'll tell you that it's Gilatter.
1: Ah, uh, okay. Eight. <laughs> all right. I just I could not remember.
0: But yeah, Glittertown Eight. That was when Jason abandoned everybody, and everybody was all mad at him for. For just taking off. Just leaving without saying Because they were all in
1: a fight with other people, and then the Lemma crashed the ship, and...
0: (laughs) Yeah, you know, (laughs) as you do. And Jason just takes off. But that's the galaxy at large. Jason and Nythal are now in control. More murdering presidents, more chaos, more conflict. I sure hope someone has some kind of plan to put an end to all this madness... The GA looks stronger than ever by the end of this book, and the Confederation looks really weak. Yeah, Han Solo says there's not a whole lot going on. Nobody's too mad about Dirk Gedgen, but they all are pretty lost.
1: Yeah, there's no one really stepping up. There's no one next in line, really.
0: Now, I have a general question for you. Okay. As she has so many times throughout the galaxy, do you think Lumaya had any part... In all of this extra chaos, uh, uh, between planets sparking up their little, uh, their little disagreements with each other, do you think she was pushing buttons behind the scenes in the force, or do you think that's maybe below her? I think that's just a side
1: effect of her a main natural goal. side effect of the yeah.
0: the larger chaos that she's that she she started
1: the yeah. the galactic chaos and yeah. then the little fire spread. According out.
0: to Billy Joel, she did start the fire, <laughs> and it's. Always turning since the galaxy's burning. So on. <laughs> if you didn't have to memorize that for drama class, I, you didn't go to a Canadian high school. I don't know what to tell you.
1: I didn't take drama. Well, grow up. I took the music class, which was all instrumental. Like I played the saxophone. So.
0: And the funny thing is I never took music class. <laughs> <laughs> Man, A man who has been paid many, many times to <laughs> sing and play guitar.
1: Yeah. And for the record, I can't play saxophone We're shit anymore.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we could play the fuck out of those things in grade seven, though. Oh, it was amazing. We were good at those. Me and you were like the only two people that were good yeah. at the saxophone. Dude, I went I to Montreal
1: that. in grade 10 and played at a university. What?
0: Yeah. What? Please tell me more about that story. Yeah, what happened? We went. It was it was like a full like high school band trip.
1: Yeah, the whole band went, and then it was. It so happened that the saxophone section, which I was a part of, yeah, was like the upper echelon of the band. Oh my god, that's a good word.
0: Yeah, it was. Yeah, and so <laughs> we were. Don't pat yourself too hard.
1: We were in. We were in the university in Montreal in like their their music room. And the instructor there had a couple of the saxophone, like the newer university kids playing come in. And I played a song called saxophones on the run with these university class
0: saxophones on the run. I don't know what that is, but I feel like I should put a music insert in here. I'm not going to.
1: No, no. (laughs) It was really hard, but it was so much fun. And I don't, I think I was just too lazy to keep up with it.
0: Dude. Yeah, music requires that. Yeah, it requires like, some commitment. Well, not yeah, well, not even commitment, but just repetition. Yeah. Like, yeah. never can't stop, won't stop, never stop. I have I have
1: a lot of fun doing this. <laughs> so. Well, I
0: think that, speaking of can't stop, won't stop, never stop, I think these are small potatoes for Lumaya. I think this is just yeah. the, uh, the outward spinning of the... Events she's already set in motion a long time ago. Like yeah, this is the uh, the outer reaches of the galaxy of the of the spiral arm. You know.
1: Yeah, it's it's just like the uh, I'm thinking Side of it, like yeah, like when it will and because we were we were playing D and D last night and grenades and when a grenade goes off, this is like the shrapnel.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. pretty much. Yeah, the un, unintended consequences that you still. Well, I think she still would value. Oh yeah, for sure. It takes away from
1: from the focal point that everybody should be paying attention to. So,
0: but speaking of her, yes, let's get to our deep dive into the characters. We've broken them up into groups as we do every book, and our first group of characters is Lumaya and Alema, aka the Dark Ladies. Alema might not even be in this book. She might have memory wiped herself out of the book. She might have greasy, creepy, oily or worm or crawled her way out of my ear. Who knows?
1: Lumaya told her to keep an eye on Jason.
0: What is she doing? That's it. She must be keeping an eye on him from quite a distance because everybody else fucking sees him. And everything <laughs> that he's doing at the end of the book. But she pretty much, she she meets up with with Lumaya right after ship gets dropped off. Yep. And she's like, oh, cool. I'm going to go get Jason to use him as bait. And Lumaya says, fuck off 3000 or I'll kill your ass because my plan's almost complete. Yeah. You can watch him from a distance. If you, if you interfere, I'll kill your ass. She talks about how like, she was broken through the death of her sister and she's been lonely all of her life. And that's how she turned to the dark side. And it was like a really emotional turn for her. Yeah. Um, for us as a reader anyways, to get into even Lumaya pitied pity her a bit. too. Yeah. At that and point. It, it was just a nice, a nice payoff of why she's so broken. Yeah. You know, like don't like we've talked about before, don't just have it be, An arbitrary thing. Have it be a meaningful thing. Yeah. Of course. Like, that's good writing. And this is. Lumaya, though, is pretty heavily featured in the book. (laughs) Yeah, she's got a lot of good big parts. Alema might not do a lot, but Lumaya's up to some stuff. First of all, Jason lets her have the ship. Um, Poor choice. All right. All right. She's like, it's ancient. Oh, my God. It's amazing. You can have it. Yeah. Okay. She loves it. She thinks it's an incredible, super handy ship. I want it. She keeps telling Jason that the big sacrifice is coming up. We don't know what it is, but it's coming. No, nobody's sure, but it's coming soon. Still not sure what it is, but soon. Jason asks her to keep Mara busy. Get her off my tail. Get her out of the system for a while. And that's what's up for most of Lumaya's story Wait, here. Was that... And I. It was after the first time... Mara went to confront him about where is Ben? Yeah. Was, and that's when he goes to Lumaya and he's like, get this red haired bitch off my back.
1: And and because we've read the book and this is no <laughs> no longer, sure, no sure, longer sure. spoilers. Hey, listen
0: up. Go retrace the episodes, y'all.
1: <laughs> um what should that have been maybe our first clue as Which to one? the hey, get Mara off my back? Oh, yeah, for sure. Should that really have been well, our no. first clue?
0: Let's be real. The first clue was she's on the cover. And true. Written true. over her head or underneath her head is the word sacrifice. So, I mean. All right. Point. It's <laughs> pretty, <yeah, laughs> pretty heavy handed in retrospect. Yeah. But yeah, like each thing along the way does point to her ultimate demise. Yeah, her ultimate being the one missing from the puzzle moving forward, you know, and <laughs> it it starts with Lumaya really. Mara's tracking her down, and they get into a big battle that the uh, the hello little housewife battle. Oh yes, where they're on the uh, Hesperidium, bitch. the moon of Coruscant, throwing down at a spaceport ship saves Lumaya. Blah, blah, blah. I don't know. They're pretty evenly matched. That's going to... Yeah. Yep. It's good. When Jason heads to Hapes, Lumaya follows him all the way to the end of her story arc. She fitted the pieces together (laughs) (laughs) of Jason and Tenelka and Alana and maybe almost shed a tear for him for the fact that his sacrifice might be his loved ones. His daughter, his wife, his true loved ones. Not his family, not the people anybody would expect him to care about, the secret people that he actually loves. Yeah. The people that he cannot. We're not talking about Jason right now. Lumaya finds this out, and she and ship land the shot on Mara Jade that sends her down to the surface of Kavan. The final shot on Mara's ship. It's a pivotal change in the battle. It's up in the sky. It's four of them, two versus two. Ben and Mara shooting at Jason and Lumaya. Who's Jason is also shooting at Lumaya. Ship is the one who hits Mara and takes her down to the atmosphere. I thought you were or, counting down.
1: Ship as the sentient, like a person. No, you forgot about Ben, though. I completely forgot about Ben at this it, point.
0: That was the levels of like sneaky that we were talking yeah, about before. We're like, Jason didn't know about Lumaya, who didn't know about, know about Mara, who didn't know about Ben. And it was those different layers of shrek onionness, donkeyness that That's redonkulous. That, yeah, well, it's so redonkyless. <laughs> made it really interesting though in that part. So they land the final shot on Mara, sends her down to the surface, and in Lumaya's final service to Jason and the Sith and the Galaxy, as she sees, she lures Luke Skywalker into killing her. Decapitating her. For the wrong reasons. What a vile final poison. Like, that will never get out of you. No. You will never get past that. You can never undo what you thought was right that turns out to be wrong. You can do the right thing for the wrong reasons as many times as you want. It doesn't feel right. And this... Will never feel right for Luke Skywalker, and I really can't wait to watch him deal with this moving forward, even more than he did in the last you know ten pages of the book. I can't wait for that Lumaya's last. You're veering again. Stab to hang over his head though. No, that's her man. This is her. Well,
1: that's her, but kind of. uh,
0: that's what that's her lasting legacy. That is her now. last thing. That's yeah, her last you know. Okay. The last thing she ever did was trick Luke Skywalker one more time.
1: I thought you just went off on a tangent to something really cool. No, 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 no. no, no, no.
0: But I just can't wait for him to have to face more uh, more and more face the fact that Luke Skywalker, who doesn't want to kill anybody, cut this broad's head off for all the wrong reasons. Yeah. Not that she didn't deserve it. No. And I'm sure that will be part of the argument. But it wasn't what he was trying to do for the reason he was trying to do it. And that will fucking haunt him for now. I wonder if,
1: um, and this is, this is going more into Luke, but I wonder if he would have, if he would feel better about it, if he had cut her head off (laughs) for, um, maybe trying to, trying to turn Jason, like we know that he's, that she's doing. I wonder if he'd feel better about it or if he'd still feel like a jerk.
0: Well, I'm sure he can always fall back on that for rationalizing it, but in the heat of the moment, it was justice for Mara's murderer. And Ben walked right into that autopsy room and said, "That's not what this is."
1: Yeah, no, and justice.
0: But that's the end of Lumaya.
1: Quotation marks on that.
0: That's it. We're gonna move on. Hands hands crossed on the cliff, head cut off. Amazing. The end of Lumaya. That's it. She's yeah, done.
1: What a big character to get rid of! Monster like, I,
0: character that they hadn't used in a very long time before this story arc. Yeah, she had kind of sat dormant since like the comics or something, or since like the early—I don't remember what the fucker. I think she was, early, comics. I don't think she was in a novel. I don't or something think she like was that. ever. If she was, she wasn't in for long. But she sat dormant for a long time, and then it come come back as like a you know a undercover fan favorite. Type of thing. Yeah. Like, oh, they're using her. And it's all this backstory that you tie together and she's attacking his family. And for all the reasons that we talked about all along the way, like, is it personal? Is it because she was a jilted lover? Is it because he shot her down and left her for dead? All this stuff. But I really don't think so in the end. Yeah, no, it didn't seem like it in the end. She sacrifices herself to like, or (laughs) not to nail the title on the head there, but like she gives her life at the end to serve the purpose of furthering Sith control of the galaxy really yeah and putting luke skywalker in a terrible positions is even more bountiful to that idea like it's more it makes it even more fruitful of a, of a, of an endeavor if you can get him off balance it, yeah so if
1: if we're wrong and her whole thing was revenge <laughs> against Luke.
0: Yeah. She, she did Got it. it. She got it. She fucking got it. <laughs> that. All right. Oh, what was your favorite moment from a Rar? <laughs> dark lady. The only, the wow. The now only dark lady. <laughs>
1: yeah. Let's see. My favorite lemma part. Now bug lady. Would be the only real part. Actually. No, Oh, it it was the only part she was really in, but it was she was bonding with the ship, mm. like it, she was really getting like a like almost emotional feedback from it, and the ship was warming was, up to it. Was
0: the ship like, um, pitying her in like a caretaker way? I don't it remember. Seemed it seemed like, like oh, the broken one. We have to take care of her and make her better type of thing. Right? Yeah,
1: it was not not so much as like pitying her. As, like, welcoming, welcoming her as she hasn't really felt like yeah I in guess, a long yeah. time, right? Yeah. Hey, you're one of us. Hey, kind of deal.
0: Mine was just straight up, her revealing all that stuff about her relationship with her sister.
1: Well, that was deep stuff too. It just almost
0: it part. gives the proper foundation to all the batshit crazy. Yeah, like it gives it a grounded root in 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 the right spot. Yeah. Like it, it doesn't feel forced and it doesn't feel like shoehorned. I guess I, I just said the same thing twice, but if it, it feels genuine.
1: Yeah. And that was all part of the same part. Like
0: They were dancing girl slaves together. The only people that they ever had to take care of each other. And then she was gone and now she was left on her own. And then she got all busted up by a thousand different things along the way and corrupted into this dark, freakazoid
1: and I think that whole that outpouring and uh, of the emotion that she had at that point is what maybe the ship felt and like that's what made it kind of welcome her in be like oh I'll take care of you kind of deal Yeah, because that was all in the same like two paragraphs
0: that's all the part of the book that she was in even though she might have been watching from the shadows so she still had a she could be on hapes for all we know yeah yeah, she She could be be she could be in Alana's bedroom right now as we speak, having watched Jason give her a teddy bear. Yeah. Wouldn't be very fucking hard for her to figure that out. And nobody would ever know she was slipping in the dark. Yep. A little earworm right out of the greasy hole. Gross. What's your but, favorite Lumaya moment from this book?
1: From this book, my favorite moment of hers Um was was actually the only because it was funny in her conversation was the was the housewife comment like that was that was good as her like distraction yeah like it
0: where she was just confident yeah talking smack and being entertaining
1: and just just an entertaining moment it wasn't necessary necessarily like a anything with any sort of, like, gravity to it. Yeah. It was just... I I, I laughed at it. And that's something... (laughs) That's worth enough, man. Yeah, because in in this book, there's been a lot of, like, downs and sadness.
0: Well, speaking of which, my favorite part of Lumaya was when she nearly shed tears over Jason having a daughter. Yeah. And a wife. Because she was like, oh, my God, he's going to have to kill his wife and daughter. (laughs) Yeah. That was just such a perfect humanizing moment before you send her to her death. Yeah. The complete
1: opposite to what she's always been. give
0: her that one last look of depth before you fucking cut her head off. Yeah. At the end of the book, you know, make her just seem that much more real one more time. Yeah. And it paid off. That was a great moment. Now, what do you think? To bring it back to the title, as we do in every review episode, was the sacrifice of the Dark Ladies? What do you think was their sacrifice? I have a simple answer. Uh, probably Lumaya's life for Sith rule. Yep. Yes. Yes. No. Yeah. I'm. There's a lot more. I think you know subtle like like subtle that you ones pick out of there. But
1: that's the big one. That. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That is the big on one. the list. That's on the list. Yeah, it's in
1: there. Yeah, oh, I, I would, I would definitely put it in the top ten
0: somewhere. Mm, but, really high. Yeah. Really high in the top ten. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think
1: like there's, there's a one. couple little spots where she would, where she, she would say, um, sacrifice her own not, not just her life, but her own safety or even like mental well being. Like the part you were talking about where she's crying. She. She sacrificed her own like, um, like a, her emotional shielding at that yeah. point to just feel something.
0: And she, you know, she even told Jason. Yeah. I know, and it's okay, and, and like, it's all right. Made herself vulnerable and stuff like that. Yeah. I but think, but I think ultimately, uh, yeah, 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 she she died. She gave her life to keep Jason's secret that much longer. To, for him to, she said literally consolidate his power over the galaxy. Yeah. Have a little extra time. Our next group of characters. Number two on the list. A long one. Not Han and Leia. (laughs) The solo parents absentee (laughs) edition. They are not in the book.
1: No. Han answers a
0: phone call. Leia eats a fruit mountain. They make a phone call. Terrible fucking parents. Yep. That's it. That's all they do in this book.
1: Leia and Mara go to edible arrangements. And uh, now
0: whatever they're doing in the background that nobody knows about. I don't know. because I just said nobody knows about it. I'm the reader. I don't know. Moving on. Yeah. To our third set of characters. Half of which have a lot to do. The Masters, Skywalker, Luke, and Mara! Yeah! <sighs> and I mean Fanfare. that. Truthfully. So, we're in book five. Yep. We're finishing book five. Clearly, we're more than halfway through this nine-book series.
1: Luke Skywalker is.
0: must be up to some heroic shit by now, right? Such as... Heroic boot finding. Heroic sleeping.
1: Yeah, he sleeps like a champ.
0: Heroic... (laughs) Heroic meeting sitting. Heroic sleeping all the time. Heroic heartbreaking. And heroic ex-girlfriend Sith killing. By the end of the book, he gets up and does a thing. But that's about it. He wakes up, he finds some boots... Calls the Jedi Council to do some stuff. He doesn't help his wife, and she dies. Smart. Super smooth. (laughs) He even says at one point in the book, Oh God, how would I feel if Mara ever went and did something and I didn't help her and she didn't come home? I don't know. Do you want to lay that on? A little fucking thick, chunky peanut butter? Uh, Well, (laughs) now you know. Well, let's find out in book six, because she's dead, because nobody helped her. Even though she says she didn't want help, go there. Yeah, help her She's, anyway. Sure, sure, she left when you're asleep. Okay. Be awake.
1: You're saying you... You're
0: Wake the fuck up, Luke Skywalker. Jedi
1: Grandmaster maybe Luke can't find her in the Force?
0: Maybe that's the literal message to him. Wake the fuck up. Yeah. Wake up, dude. Everything is being taken away from you. While you're sitting well, around, like laying that. around, doing nothing. Wake up. Your wife is dead. Mara, though. Oh, she's got a lot. She does not stop from page one. Starting in the prologue, it's her saying, I should have killed Palpatine. I could have done something before he did all those bad things. I could have done something. And honestly, I think she does just about everything that I've wanted these characters to do since book one. She talks to Han and Leia. Whoa. yeah,
1: Shocking. Big move.
0: She confronts Jaina about being a shit. <laughs> she contr- confronts Jason about being a Sith. She says Sith to him to his face. Yeah, to his face. She connects with Ben. She tries to kill Lumaya, and tries to kill Jason too. She does all the things that everybody should be doing. Almost everything mm-hmm. off my wish list. Almost. Except, she doesn't ask anybody for help. And she dies for that mistake. Yeah, she does. She does. That Jedi confidence, hubris as it most often turns out, gets her dead in a hole. Now imagine this. Alternate reality, where she asks the entire Jedi Council for help. Imagine she shows up in the hate system, With a squadron of Jedi Masters that she had taught how to hide in the Force, who are also hiding in stealth axes. Goodbye, Lumaya. Catch Jason, no problem. Probably turn him back to the light. Probably. You got 12 Jedi Masters that all can hide themselves in the Force? You do whatever the fuck you want. Nope. She doesn't ask for help. Nope. She doesn't teach anybody else's pivotal, game-changing power. Instead, dead in a hole. Ladies and gentlemen, the final arc of Mara Skywalker. Whoa. The final arc of Mara Skywalker. Confident to the grave. And it wouldn't even
1: take the whole council. One probably other, just Luke. Yeah, Luke, your or,
0: husband, or who was sleeping, and you Kip, kissed him on the head, or Corrin, le- left him a note, or, he or said, "Don't be mad, farm Cilgal, boy." Any of them, anyone, anybody, Jaina. Yeah, she ain't even a master. No, any Jedi, teach them how to hide. Other than bring like a them Padawan with you.
1: or a youngling, but
0: but no, she doesn't. Now she's dead. A major character over the course of the EU a really fan beloved character over the course of the EU yeah where she even got a, a video game headshot from that one Kyle Katarn game yeah where there was an actual live you know model that took pictures and was Mara Jade Skywalker not just art you know so fan loved for all this time she's gone
1: I, I would I would like to I, I would definitely like if she hadn't have died I would like some more Mara. She it's, was awesome. It's
0: really sad. Especially in this book because it was her, you know, time to shine. Yeah. It was her final moments.
1: It was her swan song.
0: So before we talk about our favorite moments of Mara. Yes. What were your favorite moments of Luke Skywalker in this book? Luke. I'm a, I want to say mine first. Yes, yes. Either sleeping sleeping. <laughs> or the handhold remix featuring DJ decapitation. One of those, probably the second one where he's like, they're like, Oh, she, the way Karen writes it, he reached out and he grabbed her hand again. Uh, and you're like, no, <laughs> And then he pulls her up on the head off. Yes. <laughs> that was a, that was a nice, like symmetrical callback to the end of the last book. Where they're holding hands in the middle of Glittertown spaceship crashing into this fucking thing. He grabs her hand on the edge of the cliff and cuts her stupid head off. <laughs> for all the wrong reasons, but still, he did the thing. Yeah. He finally killed her. Like he finally, He finally did. Look how easy that was for him to do it with the proper motivation. Had he resolved himself at any other point to attack this problem with this much ferocity before his wife was dead, she'd be alive. And and Ah. that, and
1: that goes into my my favorite part of Luke. Yeah, he actually didn't do anything. It was more (laughs) of a description. No way. Yeah, (laughs) it was again near the end of the book where where they uh, don't do this. He's talking about how he has that that little piece of flimsy that she wrote. Don't be mad at me. Yeah, and it says that it was in a hole in his cockpit. He had just jammed it in there. Yeah. And now he's got it lovingly flattened out. And it's good for me, it's like an emotional way, because it's kind of like a, yeah, you're an idiot. Um, too little, too late.
0: Yeah.
1: To be lovingly well, supporting her.
0: That's the last, piece that you have left was a note that said I don't need your help yeah and it's and (laughs) I know that says goodbye
1: he can't remember the last thing he said to her and if we go
0: back through all the books like (laughs) this man is constantly being I don't know threatened isn't the word but presented with evil in his sleep oh yeah either Lumaya dropping boots off or Mara not asking for help or back to the
1: uh This is the very first scene at the very first book.
0: The nightmare at the very beginning of the book or you go to the Torias station and there it's attack in the middle of the night in his sleep.
1: Yeah. This
0: this man is for 5 books in bed.
1: Yeah.
0: Or doing He's getting old very little. He used to take know, naps. It, it bothers me how much he's just fucking sleeping in this book. I, it's kind of stupid argument, I guess, because like, it's just him being presented when Mara's sneaking out in the middle of the night multiple times. Or somebody's yeah. sneaking in in the middle of the night. It's the middle of the night, and he's sleeping. It's not fucking outrageous, but...
1: It's just I guess he, it's he's just, not doing anything else it's ever. It's just in
0: contrast to the lack of him doing other things in the fucking pages. Yeah. Most of the time, he's sleeping and something's happening around him.
1: And I think that the problem with, like, why we're having that problem with Luke is there's so many big characters yeah. in the book that it, you can't give all of them, uh, like, page time. You You just can't.
0: Well probably spend less pages on the farms of Mandalore talking about all the Mandalorian they're going to do in the Mandalore's Mandalore and Bobica and paprika. And
1: I had a little bit of an eye roll for this. And <laughs> yeah, did that yeah. not get
0: picked up on the mic?
1: Yeah, it didn't. I'm surprised because it was pretty big and pretty loud. <laughs> <laughs>
0: More importantly, what do you think their sacrifices were? Individually, starting with Luke. What do you think Luke's sacrifice was in this book? And I don't mean like, you know, his wife died. I mean like, what did he actively sacrifice to achieve something in this book? Well, for me, his biggest
1: sacrifice came at his last moment in the book. When he... His last real moment when he cut off Lumaya's head. Okay. He sacrificed some of his goodness, some of his righteousness mm. to do something inherently and obviously dark. He saved the lady and then cut her head off.
0: Yeah, he could have just let her fall and have that accidental death that we've seen so many times. Or
1: brought her back up and cuffed brought, her and brought her to, to prison. Brought, yeah, exactly. He he sacrificed
0: some of his soul for that. Because she killed his wife. Yeah, yeah, psych! she didn't. So yeah, yeah, that's a really good moment for him. Um, mine, uh, my sacrifice for him, I think is just, um, he's now going to be forever sacrificing sleep to learn to wake the fuck up. <laughs> that's what I think. He's never going to sleep again. His wife had to die for him to learn to wake the fuck up. He immediately woke up and went and killed the Sith. I truly don't think he did a bad thing. But no. according to his moral code, I agree with you. Yeah. Totally. But he woke up and killed the Sith finally. It took him four pages. Yes, it did. Well, here we are at the end of book five. Could <laughs> have swiped this broad's head off a long, long time ago. Yeah, four books ago. Saved Jason us all be a fine. trouble. And then I would still be so interested to read the story of like what's happening in the galaxy when the Skywalker family is just full of good guys. Yeah. How much good can they do? They absolutely let's try were. that once before we fucking melt everything down in the blacksmith fire <laughs> try it one time I don't know, <laughs> know. that would be an interesting book series wouldn't it what do you think is Mara's sacrifice I'm not going to say her life well I will then she's sacrificing her life to later reveal Jason as a Sith She's leaving her body behind as evidence and Ben's like it's for a reason it's for a reason. And when Ben shows or when Jason shows back up and Ben's there with his mom, it becomes pretty obvious what the reason is. Mm-hmm. He killed her and she's staying behind to reveal him as the murderer. She is the only one that knows he's a Sith. Yep. For sure. And she's dead. It's and she she the doesn't only want to set it out loud. She doesn't discorporeate. she doesn't return to the Force and just, you know, like we said, swing over to the Jedi Temple and be like, hey, so bad news. Jason killed me. He's working with Lumaya. He's definitely a Sith. Probably go kill him as a ghost. That'd be super easy. No, leave your body behind as a clue and a mystery to be fitted together, I guess. But I think that was obvi- the simple, obvious answer. What's your more interesting answer? It's... <laughs> Challenge. It's,
1: it's the same... It's a different way of that because she's... Yeah, she died and that that would be her sacrifice, but her sacrifice she doesn't get to see her kid get older, be a grown-up. Yeah. She doesn't get to spend the rest of her life with her husband Luke.
0: That I She sacrifices that future. To the save future, them, her future to save their future. Yeah. yeah.
1: It it's a different it's okay. It's a more fun way of saying exactly what you just did.
0: No, but it's 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 like a different degree of it. Yeah. Where it's like a, a, the right side of the hand instead of the left side. Where yeah, yeah, her life is the simple way to put it. But her future with the people that she loves to expose an evil to protect them from it. Yeah, you know, it's like it's it's the ultimate sacrifice. the The sacrifice on the cover of the book is hers. It's not going. It's not Jason's. Yeah, like her kid is fourteen. I mean, like. I don't know how many of you reader or longers have read these books before, but like Star Wars not often the bad guy wins. Yeah, no You know, so ultimately whose sacrifice is it gonna be? Jason's or hers? The bad guy gonna win or the good guy's gonna win? Is it gonna be her sacrifice that makes becomes the ultimate turning point? The only evidence that leads them to the bad guy that's doing the bad things, you know? Yeah. I mean for now, assuredly. I don't know, but...
1: Right now, it looks like Jason's winning. She dead. She dead, which I believe is the line I used in the last podcast.
0: Score one for the Sith. Yeah. And, cut to character number four, highly, highly focused on in this book, Jaina Solo, the angriest Jedi. Not so much angry in this book as she is not in it all
1: right next character
0: <laughs> another big fat fuck you to jayna two books in a row as if she doesn't deserve five to ten pages of character development that's it
1: yeah no no nope, she...
0: five ten pages you can't give her that by herself to do her own thing to expand her own character nope she's a sidekick to Mara a couple times and gets told to fuck off the entire time
1: yeah yeah she had like three lines of dialogue uh...
0: maybe all superfluous. Again, All of it. Again. And last time, it was the same thing in the last book. Jaina. If you remember our last review episode, there go, was a whole big thing. Go right back <laughs> and rewind to Jaina Solo because this is going to sound fucking familiar. Yeah. She is not being used in the book. This guy went off went off
1: on how Jaina wasn't around in the last book.
0: Here's why. Because what could she be doing? She could be in scenes tracking a lemma she could be in scenes with other Jedi council members discussing her brother. She could be in scenes with her brother confronting him in scenes with Ben checking up on her cousin who is in the fucking army and she's been in the military and she knows what it's like. And she, yeah, she's not doing anything for no reason. Yeah. That's garbage, man. That's fucking garbage. You can't give her a half a chapter to do a goddamn thing yeah. to build her own story moving forward because she's been stagnant for five books. Yeah. Watching fucking chin ups. Well, yeah. Well, she's Jason's twin
1: sister. She should at least be the, if not as much dialogue or as much pages about her, the flip side of his coin.
0: At some amount of minimum, some amount of reflection of thinking that's not him but comes from his twin. Yeah, Some amount of, wow, here's what I think about all the things Jason is doing. Anything at all would be helpful. Anything. She could be doing so many things. So, hey, remember that badass girl? The twin? The Super Force twin, Jaina, from New Jedi Order? She was really good in that. Remember her from (laughs) Darkness, she was really good in that. Buy Legacy of the Force Today and read Fuck all about her. <laughs> Why? I it's pissing me off now by the fifth book. Yeah. The lack of Jaina is rude.
1: Yeah, it, it's it, fucking rude. It kind rude. of is. It's disrespectful it really is. to her
0: as a character. It really kind that of is. That is this guy's twin sister. And she has been God, I don't know. What? C-list celebrity a couple times in the books. Otherwise, largely ignored. Oh, C-list. Oh, boy. That's it, man. Favorite part? None. Sacrifice? Yeah. None. Next. Our fifth character. Ben Skywalker. Formerly known as the Littlest Prentice. Now known as? Sadson's Kavan. Ben Skywalker sad since Kavon man fuck this book series for all the things it's done to this child
1: yeah I've
0: been sad since Kavon (laughs) it's been rough it's not good man rereading this series as a grown man dad oh yeah it's like oh boy It's way different than the first time I read it when I was, like, 19 or 20 years old.
1: It's even different than me reading it because I don't have any kids.
0: Yeah, but still, you have kids that you care about, you know? Yeah, I do. It's it's a bit... I I understand what you're saying. It's a bit of a different extension, but it is still the same thing where I'm like, that's a 14-year-old that everybody's ruining his life. Like, it makes me super sad for that kid. Yeah. Where, like, you become a grown-up and you realize the only chance children have is the chance that they're given. Mm -hmm. that's it if you don't give them a chance to fucking have a good life they can't just make one for themselves as children yeah he's 14 years old man fuck this book series for what it's doing to ben skywalker and i guess now it's time to start talking about characters who maybe did too much in this book (laughs) he's a big part a- after retconning his child passenger, Ben brings the ship to Jason, his most trusted, most infallible leader. He has a happy reunion with his parents, where Ben says all the right things and asks all the right questions. And then back at G.A.G.H.Q., Jason teaches him how to force vanish just before ordering him to kill Der hmm. Where you get Some trust mixed within some distrust. There, Yeah. He gives him the trust of teaching him this important and, like, I don't know, game-changing force power. Rare. And then also entrusts him with this bad, evil act, which Ben distrusts inherently at first. Yeah. Like, oh, that's, I shouldn't okay I guess I have to it's yeah. like
1: it's like I'll give you a dollar if you' do if you'll do this oh God that's gross
0: and then he's present for the wiretapping conversation between Gedgen and Omas then he's assigned as the sniper for the mission to intercept their meeting he's 14 for fact sakes fear fact again and yeah. no, I like that Criffin madness it's good writing writes itself. But he's 14 years old, assigned as a sniper to kill a president. (laughs) Hey, G.A.G., you got a lot of guys. And I understand this order comes from Jason. There's not one protest.
1: Yeah, not a single person. Everybody's
0: too scared to disagree with him, I guess.
1: Well, he did recently, at this point, recently force choke somebody on the bridge of the ship.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, that's a good argument. Yeah. That's a good argument. And Ben is pretty conflicted about the assassination mission. Nearly until, just before, he pulls the trigger on this double coup. Bullseye Ben Skywalker does not miss.
1: No, not at all.
0: And in the escape, his best GAG bud is forced to sacrifice himself for the success of the mission. And Ben is crushed. This breaks him down enough for him to breach security and confide in his Mama Mara. Tells her... I killed the president. <laughs> I killed him. I got the other guy arrested. And this is his first real step away from Jason and the G.A.G. And yeah. And law. Yeah. Dude, he just told his mom top secret information that nobody's supposed to have.
1: Yeah, no, like four people knew about it.
0: That's it. Four people. One of them's dead. <laughs> he was a Kirlian after all. Yeah. Well, wink. But that's like his first step away from Jason, right there, where he goes and confides in his mom because he's so broken up. And then right after that, right after he confides in her, he hears Jason and Lumaya. Yeah, he does exchanging secrets from Bamil. Jason wiped his memories. He's working with a Sith. He probably killed a Jedi. Nelani. Slash Nelani. <laughs> Again, crushed all over again, brutalized, entire world flipped over, and he goes and runs to his mom again, away from Jason to his mom again. That's where I picked out that that was maybe the first time that he was like stepping away from that, the safety of that organization or the structure and inherent responsibility that comes with that information.
1: Yeah. Stepped
0: outside of that. Because he was a hurt 14-year-old. Yeah,
1: and the blindly following the orders of Jason, and yeah. Yeah.
0: So now he steps out of it again. He tells her even more. He tells Mara about Zaios, about the ship, about Fascus, about everything. And he teaches her how to force vanish. Which, of course, turns out to be a big part of her downfall. Mm -hmm. You know, that just adds... So that hubris feeds that confidence that you're going to be able to do what you want to do Oh, later on. At one point ship wakes Ben up in the night looking for him. Why? That doesn't get addressed, but why? And then Ben goes to look for the ship. He eventually finds it and convinces it not to kill Jason so that Ben can find his mom. Why? Is this some, like, baby bird imprinting thing? Because he was the one who got it out of the hole in the ground? Yeah, I... You know what I mean? It was the first person that the ship saw. So he's like, I'll do anything for love.
1: Yeah, well, because we brought this up uh, on... A couple of times. A couple of
0: times, and... and It just seems really extreme. It is the weird. Ship, this ship goes to great lengths to protect Ben, or do what Ben wants over Lumaya's will. Ben is not as dark as her. No. But he is more of an apprentice than her. Yeah, he's more vulnerable. So what is he more programmed to do? Protect darkness or protect vulnerability? Yeah. Right? Because that would seem to not weigh in the favor of darkness in that exchange. Should should the ship be its own character? I think it is. I think. Oh, kinda... and these recaps, no. Yeah. Uh, it almost Boba could Fett be. doesn't even get a spot, bro. But he uh, had a great journey. Go read the book. He really did. <laughs> he doesn't get a spot. We got too many other people to talk yeah, about, but... even though some of them aren't in the fucking book.
1: <laughs> yeah, we probably could have taken a couple of them out of there.
0: Or is it just because Ben is super special? Is he super capital D duper special? Is that really why is. the ship is so like enamored with whatever he wants? I don't know. And we don't. There's no answer for this right now. Yeah. And I don't know if there even is moving forward, but Twelve it's just things. so interesting that the ship would listen to him over Lumaya. He wants to find his mom. And he does. He finds her too late. And holding her cold body in his arms, he finds Jason returning to the scene of the crime. Hello, Jason. He says before, eventually returning to. Coruscant to tell Luke it wasn't Lumaya who killed Mara. Why? So much darkness for this poor boy, man. So much. He's the one who has to go tell his dad you did the wrong thing. Nope, sorry dad, you didn't avenge mom. Yeah. Nope, sorry, you didn't. I held her body in a cave for many hours and I saw somebody show up and I have some interesting evidence I would like to discuss with you. But, sorry, you didn't avenge mom. I'm 14. Thanks. (laughs) Why? Why? why For this poor kid, man.
1: It it really is. It's so heart-wrenching. Damn
0: this Skywalker curse! It's (laughs) terrible! I hate it. How is this kid still standing? Makes for good reading, though. How is this kid functioning? How is this kid? Jesus Christ. What's your favorite part from Ben in this book? Oh,
1: my favorite part of Ben is also my sacrifice part for Ben. (laughs) Like he, my favorite part is he's sitting as he's sitting with his dead mom.
0: Yes. Great. And he's, Let's talk about that more.
1: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait till you get to my sacrifice part. Um. He's he's sad, but he's still doing his job. Yeah. He's taking stock of everything, keeping track, and because not one only- like
0: sorry, I was gonna say that one like delineation where he was like, fourteen-year-old Ben was hoping his mom would take a breath. Yeah. Uh, Lieutenant Ben was gathering evidence. Yeah. Uh, not just like, that's a nice characterization of him being a 14 year old soldier. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry he's, to interrupt.
1: Yeah. No, he's, he's focusing in the moment. He puts aside those feelings and he's focusing.
0: Yeah. He sticks them in a spot. Yeah. That's probably not a healthy spot.
1: No. And,
0: and they're in a box for a minute.
1: I'm going to, Just keep going to my sacrifice for Ben. Go for it. That same part where he sacrifices what's left of his childhood. Yeah. Right then and there. Yeah.
0: He's to try to save the galaxy in a way. Right? Like, obviously whatever happened here is a very sinister threat to the entire galaxy. And I need to put aside my childhood... Yeah Make it all fitted together Yeah (laughs) (laughs) I know I just ruined it With a fitted But that's a really good point Yeah
1: He puts aside He get He sacrifices What's left of his childhood Especially at that moment To Deal with Or not deal with The tragedy But to deal with The galaxy as a whole
0: Right Very mature Yeah Yeah
1: Uh, The greater
0: good Versus my own personal hurt
1: Me 14 year old me My mom's dead I'm a puddle I'm not I'm, I'm not, like. A, I'm not even a thing yeah like I just I don't just ugh. play the music goodbye <laughs> I don't know what to do <laughs> yeah
0: but my favorite band part okay was his range of emotions before during and after assassinating a president on Volter okay like he kind of went from nervous to proud when LaCalfe was like giving him the hair dye and telling him he's gonna do a good job happy climbing up the stairs and stuff and then Numb and sad and hurt and broken. Like the range of emotions that just came with that one mission. It was where he was. Sorry. I was going to say he, he he's isolated in doing the most important part. And then it was somebody else who had to die to make his mission a true success, even though he did the right thing and bullseyed the guy's brains out. Mm hmm. Someone else, his friend, one of his best friends in the GAG, still had to die, even though he was successful.
1: It's very well written, like most of this book, as far as the emotional part of it goes.
0: Well, that's like we were talking about all through the thing is Karen Travis being a veteran and also a journalist. Yeah, uh, like a war journalist. I don't know, fuck, don't know what the phrase is? War correspondent, journalist, something like that. Yeah. But both sides of the coin, the watching and the doing. And so she's very like intimate and familiar with how this looks and feels. Yeah. And the way that it comes through him as a 14 year old is raw and just pure.
1: Yeah. It gives it all a really like um, visceral feeling. Yeah. Because like
0: he doesn't have the skills to frame things in a helpful way. Like he doesn't have the skills to, to manipulate the facts and, and the reality around him into a, a helpful thing. He just can only take it as it is, Yeah, which is kind of the same thing he does in the tunnel. He can't manipulate the situation to be anything other than what it is. So just take the information in. And in those moments, he's just such a wide range of emotions. It's just, it's, it's great character. It, it is for him. great writing. And as far as the sacrifice, um, let me see what road wrote here. Um, fucking everything. <laughs> For real. Yeah. Forever sad canon. Bad yeah. news.
1: Yeah, he had a rough book. He had a rough time this book.
0: Speaking of rough book, on to our last character Jason Solo, aka Space Jesus 2, subtitled Darth Kitus. The first thing he does is a mistake. He gives the ship away. Yep. Why? So dumb. Why? So dumb. An amazing ancient ship and you're not interested? I don't buy it. Again, I don't buy it. He's such an inquisitive, logical dude who traveled the entire galaxy looking for mysteries and answers. That doesn't interest you? Why? Because there's politics happening?
1: Bullshit. Well, he he was. He was that inquisitive guy. True. Now he's more logical. So which sh- is
0: that then, yeah, a reflection for us to see how different he is now than what we think of Jason solo. When we remember him, like he doesn't even care about this amazing artifact in front of him. He's so absorbed and focused on, well, taking over the galaxy and, and, you know, subduing chaos in every corner of it. Yeah. He's thinking he's too not even, logically now. He's not even interested in mystery anymore.
1: Yeah. Cause I think he used in one of his thoughts, he says it'd be too conspicuous. I guess. Well, like yeah, that.
0: but you don't have to fly it around. How about go in it one time while it's there? He didn't even touch it. Fucking
1: weird. He just looks at it and says, yeah, okay, you can have it. Well, sorry,
0: that's fine. Yeah. That's all fine. He does that big mistake. And then he gets told no on the phone. So he hires a lawyer droid to change all the laws. <laughs> Bold move, Cotton. Let's see how it plays out. Yeah. Uh, after he asks Ben to kill Gedgen, he cries in the fetal position, seated fetal position, head between his knees. Over possibly having to kill Ben, he breaks down and cries over it. The weight of his sacrifice, impending sacrifice at the beginning of the book is so heavy on him that like he is like strung out and unfocused. Yeah. And maybe that's why he misses the interest of Chip, but. He's so, he's so fricked up in the beginning of the book, man. He, he's not in a good spot. He's just waiting for the shoe to drop, waiting to find out, do I have to kill my daughter or my wife or both? Or my cousin. My cousin or... or anyone, everything, everything. Who knows? And I love it when we get the, the, those real emotion moments from Jason. Yeah. where like, I'm genuinely upset that I might have to kill my cousin. Because he would be. Because he loves that kid. hmm So, like... Yeah. Let us feel that. You know? Eventually, Mar comes to confront him several times. Over Lumaya or Sith or just his general shitty behavior. But he thinks he's way ahead of everyone. Even the law, as he uses his new laws to set up the sting on Omos. Kill Gedgen. Arrest Omas, Tag team champs with Nyethal. Easy peasy. And, of course... He pulls it off.
1: Yeah, goes off without a hitch at all.
0: According to him, Lacalf means nothing as far as hitches go. Yeah, no, without a hitch. Bit of a hitch for some, for other people, but yeah. Well, as far as coos go, but, one death is hey man, negligible. That's fucking space Jesus, y'all. Yeah. He does. He gets it done. Omos is arrested. You're fired. Then he eats takeout in the bathtub. Gross. That's a no guy for me. Yeah. That's a no guy for me. And uh, in the bathtub, he's convinced by Force Visions that he has to kill Ben. Another no for me, guy. Okay? No, please don't. He's just a poor 14-year-old baby. Don't kill that baby. Don't be like, don't. It's your favorite cousin. Don't do it. It's your best friend. It's your little brother. The closest thing is you've had to a little friend. brother since your little brother died. Just saying. It's the only person who fucking looks up to you. It's the only person who thinks you're a good person. Yeah. Don't kill him. So far, he doesn't have to. Nope. And then he goes out of his way to win over the hearts of the common people. He takes him for a tour of the evidence-taped chief of state's office and says, ha, 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 look at all of us. We're doing all the things right. Before, again, he gets ambushed by Aunt Mara. And she tells him to turn back to delight. And he tells her, good night. Yep. Oh, oh that scene yeah. was because uh, he doesn't, even, he doesn't grab. even
1: say Aunt Mara. I think he just says goodnight Mara. Yeah,
0: he's not worried anymore about anything. He's just gonna kill whoever he has to. Yeah. By that point in the book, he's like, whatever's in my way, choppy, choppy, your pee-pee. Sorry about your luck. You're dead. Kind tie. It's over. He then runs off to see his two loves at Hapes, which breaks his heart one more time, before an all-out firefight on the way out of the system. Triple threat hell in a cell match: Jason versus Mara versus Lumaya, with Special guest referee, Benjamin Skywalker, <laughs> <laughs> hanging out, telling shit, please don't hurt my mom. Eventually, of course, he comes to the caves of Kavan with Mara, and there he makes her his sacrifice. All the attachments he has are cut. Anyone who ever truly loved him will never again. Anybody who respected his decision making will not, moving forward. It's over. Yep. He's done the evil deed now that will make him irredeemable in the eyes of good people. Yeah. And in the hearts of his family, even worse. It's over. The sacrifice is done. Do you like that it was Mara? Well, I liked Mara. Like we talked about in her section, very popular character.
1: But I do like how they explain it in the book how that works mm. why it's mara i do like that yeah but i i liked mara as a character so
0: she's just a huge character for the for the eu yeah and has been for a long time it's luke skywalker's wife you don't Did. get too much bigger billing than that you know like much like chewy in the in the njo and oh. anakin too yeah it's a major character and you use their death to make it real yep. to make the story real to make the threat real the danger real it just enhances the believability of the whole bonkers world it takes
1: everybody in this case it takes everybody and brings them into action Han and Leia are coming back Luke's gotten up off his ass
0: so they say he could go right back to sleep and they could just go missing again but well so is far. she the right choice
1: Hmm. Interesting. Uh, I think there might have been bigger emotional sacrifices
0: for him. I think, I think yes, because I think she's right in that right sweet spot of emotion where she matters to him on a certain level and matters a lot more to the people that matter to him. Yeah all the people he cares about really is just tunnel and Alana. Yeah. That's what I so, was going to. So when Tenel Ka finds out he murdered his aunt, that's, there's no redemption from that. And it's more distant and, and it'll have enough time to breathe more than if it was Ben or if it was his daughter or tunnel yeah, or Luke, you know, like all those other deaths have different repercussions than this one does. This one very specifically puts two of our other main characters in direct opposition with Jason moving forward, Ben and Luke. Mm -hmm. Ben knows more about, you know, Ben has, has a different perspective about what happened in the caves, and he's passing that on to Luke. And so the two of them, now we have a real setup of blood versus blood. And on the opposite side of Jason as well, where, you know, it's it's Luke and Ben versus Jason, but also him versus his parents. Yeah. Where they're still outlaws and exiles and, and, and under arrest anytime they show up somewhere. He's now fully going to have both sides of his family directly against him Yeah, with no recourse. Yeah, because you know, she
1: meant more to more people.
0: Exactly. Then Ben would have. Yeah. The, or, like, or Call or Alana. Exactly. Yeah. Cause they really, she has decades of connections to people in the stories, other masters, other Jedi Yeah. good people, bad people across politics, across whatever factions, booster Tarek and, and all Mirax and all them out there and wedge come coming up in the next Aaron Alston book. He no probably
1: ha- She probably has some sort of connection with Boba Fett being the, em- the no doubt. empire.
0: And, it, I think she's the right choice. Yeah, it works. It really... The way that, too, in the New Jedi Order, it was foreshadowed that she was maybe going to die back then when she was pregnant with Ben. Mm-hmm. She got, like, that Vong sickness before they knew what the Vong was and stuff. They almost sacrificed her back then. Yeah. But they ended up crushing Chewbacca with a moon instead. <laughs> Anakin went atomic and atomic in. And then... Now you kill her in a hole. Yeah. But I think it was the right choice. If you go back through all the books and like it had to be her. It had to not be somebody on the A plus list. Yeah. That's too major of a pa- a power balance shift.
1: Yep.
0: Mara out of the picture. She's super powerful and she has her own set of skills, obviously, as we saw in the caves. But Luke dead is a totally different the head of the Jedi, the public figure, the, 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 the heart and soul of the direction of their decision-making, you know, Ben uh, would just immediately turn two Jedi masters against him and you're dead. Yep. You know, the two of them maybe would work together at that point, you know, if it's tunnel Khan Alana. That means nothing other than to the people of Hapes and Jason himself. Yeah. And, you know, like the other Jedis who were friends with Ka back when she was at the Academy. But she hasn't been there for decades. Yeah. So, like, really, could have been his sister, could have been his parents. You know, those all would have been pretty impactful to the galaxy at large. But, you know, looking forward with the information that we have and looking back with the information we have reading other books, too. It just does seem really right. Yeah,
1: she definitely had the most impact on the the broadest scope of people.
0: And, and so if you think about the storytelling moving forward, I know we're really fucking off base of Jason right now in the middle of his segment, but it's fine. If you think about the storytelling moving forward, if you're going to tell generations more of Star Wars books in this EU that ended up getting canceled, but mm. obviously not the plan at the time of writing the books, who are you going to focus on moving forward? ben skywalker not luke skywalker he's old he's gonna die eventually yeah so what are you gonna do to make his growth more dynamic to give him the light and dark edge to give him a struggle and a conflict moving forward through the next nine books where he's heavily featured as a main character what impetus for change and growth are you going to give him moving forward and that's also a big part of why she is a sacrifice to build up Ben's character, you know, towards the future, Yeah, you know, with, with the different perspective glasses on. That's what's up with that. But I really think it was the right one. She's dead. Yeah. He's made his sacrifice. And now Jason sends Lumaya to her suicide by Skywalker before returning to the front lines of the war with the GA where he discovers his new Battle coordination powers and he realizes a master Sith power. It's true. He has ascended. And he takes the name Darth Kaidas. Mm. Or Darth Cadus. Cadus.
1: I like Cadis better. <sighs>
0: The only official pronunciations I've been able to find online, which why does Wikipedia not have a pronunciation section? Come on. Give me, give me some help. Give me some love. <laughs> yeah. The only ones I've been able to find say Kaidus.
1: It, it does but sound. Back when I read it,
0: I always said Kydus, but I think I went back and forth between the two of them because who fucking knows?
1: It, it, it doesn't sound bad. I've just always said Kydus, so.
0: But I always said Kydus too. This is his name. He's no longer Jason Solo. Moving forward in the next book, when we do the review, this is not gonna say Jason Solo. It's going to say Death Kitus.
1: Or Kytus. <laughs> We can say we can stick with Kydus. But it's
0: it's a monumental moment for him. Yeah. And how do you like the name? Oh, I love his name. I always loved it too. I love it. And I thought, you know leading up to this book they were doing like a they like a fan vote or like whatever whatever an email campaign or something they gave out some options and all the fans the readers got to vote on what jason's sith name was going to be and i remember like leading up to this book just being like man that's a lot of pressure <laughs> on like a name yeah. you know on on a character change on a very important moment. That's a lot of pressure. And so they stick in the hands of the community. (laughs) You know what it is? It's like, can't blame me for the ending. You picked it. Yep. Huh? How do you like it? That's his name. You picked it. Sorry. They picked it. You didn't want that. I didn't pick it. They picked it. You know, it's like the accidental death thing. You yeah. fucking wring your hands of responsibility. Yeah. No, I didn't mean it. Or you know, I don't know. Maybe they ended up having last say, or and the maybe the the uh, voting was a sham, mm-hmm. and they had last say over everything in the end, anyways. But I really like it. But what does it mean? And now all my life saying it, Kaitus, It all or Cadus. Fuck me. All my life saying it, Cadus. The first time I read it, it always reminded me of the word cadence which i'm a music dude to me that just means up and down up and down up and down you know you change in pitch change in tone you change the cadence of your voice when you're talking is the cadence when you're asking a question and this is the cadence when you're telling somebody something serious like or trying to sound like bernicca ladies (laughs) like i don't know do chicka cherry cola that was that's savage garden anyways the cadence of your voice, like the up and down rhythm the, the natural ebb and flow of the way you talk or the way that the music goes. And then I, today I showed you when you showed up here. Though. Yeah. I looked up, you know, like the, the root of the word cadence. And in Latin it was, what was it? Let me see. Cadere, which means to fall. Yep. <laughs> and so here I am feeling super validated <laughs> of, <laughs> of my decades worth of, I fucking figured it out a long time ago, you know? I, but that could not even be right, right? It could be derived from a different word. Cadence is not a word. You know, no. it could be caduceus, like a healer. Like, I don't know. It could be many, many things. Speculate all you want. Email us at forevercanpodcast at gmail.com if you want to tell me how stupid I am for thinking it means cadence. Or if you want to tell me I'm a fucking genius and I'm God of this galaxy of Star Wars, you just let me know.
1: If there's anything that I think riles up people more as. Uh, as you and me do is the pronunciation of words and how to say someone's name. Yeah, you would me have gone back and forth a couple of times on no, 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 no. That's it's not, not Jessen. Yeah, nobody's yes.
0: saying Jisun ever again.
1: And most of you and me, we tend to agree a lot of the time. But it's when we don't, it's it's either before this podcast started or off <laughs> mic. We yeah. we tend to no, that's not right. The funny thing about
0: it though is that. Even when somebody corrects you, you're just going to call it whatever you call it in your yeah, head anyways. Yeah, it doesn't matter. So there is no point arguing about it. Yeah. Just enjoy it. But here we are with Darth to fall. <laughs> Our boy Jason Solo is now a Sith. And that brings us to the end.
1: It's weird how he, of in fifth. order to ascend, he had to fall. Like I see the Force.
0: Sacrifice. Yes. That is called Cadence. The rise and fall. The natural balance between all things. I feel like a fucking genius. (laughs) Yeah. But that's book five. Yeah, done it. Previously, the book is done. Mara is dead. Lumaya is dead. Everything sucks. Everyone's sad. All the hearts are broken. Except for Darth... I'm going to say Cadus. Yeah,
1: Darth Cadus. Dude, we have backup evidence. It sounds kind of... I like it.
0: Yeah. But now it's time to move on and look forward. Welcome to the preview section of the episode. One hour and 18-ish minutes in. Yeah. Here we are previewing Legacy of the Force book six, Inferno. Written by Troy Denning. We love Troy. We love Troy. <laughs> we love Troy. I know it's not it's not fair to say, but going back to the first time I read it, I was always like, the Troy books are my favorite books. <laughs> and that's okay to have a favorite. I still love the other ones, but it's yeah. okay to have a favorite. I just think his have the darkest turns, maybe. But maybe that's just me misremembering. I don't know. But Troy, as we know, Troy Denning, is a pamp. Yeah. And a hell of a writer for the Star Wars series. Oh, so good. So looking at the book, the first thing we need to talk about is... At the cover picture. And we have Luke Skywalker holding a rope and his ignited green lightsaber in the middle of an inferno. Yeah. Over. With a Kashyyyk house, tree house in the background. I mean, if you've ever seen episode two, that's what it is. There's that ship. Is it episode two? No. Revenge of the Sith. Episode three. That's when they have the fight on Kashyyyk. What am I talking about? drunk beers time this is our first drunk podcast okay guys and i think and it's been we're doing all right fine
1: actually i think it's going a little let's, bit better
0: yeah let's not extend this to be like let's that's not going to be the way we're going to do it no it's just going to be turn into a disaster but luke skywalker is on the cover of this book <laughs> holding a vine swinging through a fucking inferno with his goddamn green lightsaber ignited and he looks like 40 years old
1: yeah he looks way younger <laughs> so than young he on actually this is
0: what's happening
1: yeah, because he's really like 60. I
0: don't know, he looks dope, though. He's got the black boots. He's pretty dark. He's dressed pretty darkly. He must be in mourning. I don't can't imagine why. Looks like
1: nighttime on the Maybe because
0: talk. you didn't ever go help your wife. You didn't. No, he didn't. You got to fucking shove yourself into that situation. I'm just, sorry. I don't really care how many times she tells you no. You, her life is at risk, and you know that. You can't just accept that it's okay in a relationship, right? It's different levels of acceptance of what the other person is, is free to do. You are free to do anything you want that doesn't endanger your life. Otherwise I'm going with you. Yeah. That's what's wrong with that. Nope. She dead. And now it's time to stop looking at his 40 year old face. That should be 70, maybe years old and read the back cover where his face is not. The top part here, the, uh, the the yellow blob, says Luke Skywalker wanted to unify the Jedi Order and bring peace to the universe. Instead, his wife, Mara, lies dead at the hands of an unknown assassin. His wayward nephew, Jason, has seized control of the Galactic Alliance, and the galaxy has exploded in all-out civil war. Now the white section. With Luke consumed by grief, Jason Solo works quickly to consolidate his power and jumpstart his plan to take over the Jedi. Convinced he's the only one who can save the galaxy, Jason will do whatever it takes, even ambush his own parents. With the Rebel Confederacy driving deep into the core to attack Coruscant and the Jedi under siege, Luke must reassert his position. Only he can lead the Jedi through this crisis, but it means solving the toughest problem Luke's ever faced. Does he fight alongside his nephew Jason? A tyrant who's taken over the GA? Or does he join the rebels to smash the galactic alliance he helped create? Bum, bum, bum. Big decisions. Big decisions have to be made. A couple things I'm picking up out of the back cover. Number one, we're not sure it was Jason that killed Mara. Yep. It's a mystery, apparently. <laughs> Okay, number two, chaos. Still chaosing out there. Yeah, <laughs> The war is getting bigger, despite the fact that Jason is now a Sith master in control of the galaxy. That hasn't stopped everything, just full stop, right? Number three, apparently he's going to ambush his parents. We might have Han and Leia in this book. Fun. Yeah, that's that fun, fun. Fun, 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 till her daddy took her Han and Leia away. <laughs> All right, that was fucking clumsy, yeah. but. Yeah. Fourth thing, is Luke going to join a tyrant leader or become a rebel? I don't know. Well, if history tells us anything. If the death of his wife has resolved him at all, he, I just, I feel like the back of this book says too much. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And I don't you know, I don't often feel that way. It, it is book six out of nine. You say whatever the fuck you want, I guess, at this point. At this
1: point, you're invested if you're reading the books. Mara and, is and dead.
0: Here. Jason is a tyrant, and Luke is caught in between both sides. Yep. Yeah. That's it, where we leave it for now. It does sound like it's going to be the
1: the people that everybody who hasn't read all these books is familiar with. Han, Leia. Luke, they're going to be more a little more centralized as well.
0: Sounds like it, but you never know. You never know. <laughs> what horrors await us in book six, Inferno? Will there be Jaina? Will there be Han and Leia? Will Luke wake up more than once? Will Darth Cadus be revealed? Find out next week. When we cover chapters one through four of Legacy of the Force, Book Six Inferno. Book Six. Book Six already. I'm Justin. I'm Tim. Flame on.
1: Oh, that's fantastic for
0: you. For any comments and questions, you can hit us up at Forever at gmail.com. Forever Cannon Podcast is a Jay Plazer production. Catch us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube at jplazer. Check us out.